It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between, we'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to your week. This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I'm your pal, Ryan, and uh, happy happy Monday. Don't worry. No, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be fine. Listen, before you know it, we're going to get to Wednesday and then we can check out from there and you're going to get through this week and hopefully we can share some laughs along the way and I can give you some information about this pop culture that I so dearly love and that I think you guys love too. We'll be talking uh, reality shows, Bravo, TV, film, music. We'll cover the gamut this week. We'll have amazing interviews. We'll do full line-by-line recaps of the finale of Salt Lake City. Another episode probably of Beverly Hills where we focus on Sutton's Dany esophagus and so much more. So make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, and I'll see you tomorrow. No, we've got a whole show to get to. Uh, Remember, this is the Pop Culture Roundup. Today, we have Sophie Ross. She's here every two weeks. I look forward to it just like you guys do. So if you want to skip to that now, remember, there's a timestamp for that. You can do that. But if not, I'm going to ramble for about 30 minutes with some things that I watched this weekend. You know, talk a little shop, and then we'll get right into Sophie. And I got to tell you, this talk with Sophie, it was what I need. It was, it's so silly, you guys. We talk Bravo, Kardashians, Che Diaz. We cover the gamut, but also it's just, it's silly fun. It was just so fun to talk to her. This was one of my favorite times. Every time I say it's one of my favorites, it usually means you guys might hate it, but I'm going to go with, I think you're going to dig it. So hopefully that, how was your weekend? Was it good? Was it everything that you wanted it to be? Don't worry. If it wasn't, you got next weekend and the weekend after that. But I got to tell you, it was, um, it was a busy weekend, but it was a nice weekend in the sense that uh, I've been going like straight through from Christmas in Arizona. Then I went to New York, then back to LA dad came to LA. And then this was like kind of the first weekend where it just was, you know, not, nothing, nothing big. So got to kind of take stock. I actually went out two times. I saw a, uh, a one woman show on Saturday night by the comedian Kate Berlant. It's over at the Pasadena Playhouse. If you live in uh, Los Angeles, it's worth checking out. I think Kate Berlant is just so hysterically funny and it's directed by Bo Burnham. And it was, uh, it had its premiere in New York and I guess then went to London and then here. And I just think she is so hysterical, but also I just thought it was such a great, clever turn on a one man show, one, you know, one woman show. And just, I don't know, there's, there's a concept in this show that is obviously all about her and, uh, but in the funniest way possible. And I think there's this, this counting crows, you know, pardon me, I have to bring up counting crows at least once a week. There's a lyric in Mr. Jones. Um, that he says, we all want something beautiful, man. I wish I was beautiful. And I think that, you know, is, is so common in life with all of us. 
um, is we all want something beautiful, but we want to also be that beautiful thing. Man, we want that to be. And I think in terms of like TV, film, theater and all that, the, you know, even podcasting, I always talk about this is like me, me, me in a sense. Like, why would you want to listen to me? Why would you want to watch me? Why would, but there is this thing when you're actually putting yourself in this position, there, there's something in this that is almost not even almost it's self-serving. So it's the, the one woman show was great. Cause it was kind of making fun of that self. So the one woman show is based around the whole concept of his, like her trying to get herself to cry to cry on cue. And she's just one of the funniest people ever. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense what I just told you, but if you live in Los Angeles, go check it out. It's playing for the next month. And then on Friday, I went to a, a birthday party that was pretty fun. And uh, so it was, it was a very full weekend. Um, but I watched a lot of television as well. So getting back to what I do best, sitting on my butt, not even sitting, I will just lay horizontal. That's the other thing, folks. I think the common misconception with watching television or film is that you have to do it sitting. And I say, bullshit, you can lay, you can lay horizontal. I do some of my best TV watching when I am just horizontal. I don't think you need to be sitting up. I have got, I've mastered it just laying completely flat. Sometimes I'll even close my eyes. That's how good I am at watching television right now. But we're going to do a full like what to watch this week on Tuesday's episode, but I'm going to give you a couple of things right now. And I talked about this last week, but I hadn't seen it yet. And now I've seen it and I want to give an even bigger recommendation than I did last week. There is a show on Netflix. It's second season. It's a docu-series. It's called Love on the Spectrum. So they just had season two. I had one of the cast members on, gosh, about a year and a half ago, uh, Kaylin, and she was amazing. And I really responded to that first season. And I kind of went into the second season going, I don't know if it's going to have that kind of same magic for me. And I've talked about it many times on this show. Um, but if you're feeling down, if you're if you're losing a little bit of hope with humanity, about, you know, your fellow man, woman, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you're, if you're losing hope, I really highly recommend watching this docu-series and it'll, it'll kind of restore your faith in certain basic human principles that I think we need to, and sometimes we're so used to watching Bravo. We're so used to watching people, uh, lie, cheat, steal, cheat, you know, all of that stuff on our Bravo realities, which I'm not complaining about. I love it dearly, but sometimes you need to give a little antithesis. You need to actually show the other way so you can even appreciate the Bravo more and love on the spectrum. Season two does that. Um, so basically it follows a lot of young adults and actually one older guy, uh, in their quest to find love. And I, I think that is, it's such a simple concept, right? It's it's people on the spectrum um, trying to date, trying to find love. And what impresses me about that is just how we are all the same, how we all want to be loved, how we all want to be beautiful. We, and we I wish I had something beautiful. I wish somebody understood me. I wish I had somebody to lay horizontal and watch TV with. It's this really basic, simple human desire. And at the end of the day, even though I try to hide behind a microphone a lot of the times, that's what we're here to do, right? We're here to connect. We're here to meet people. We're here to, to you know, kind of uh, put goodness in each other's lives and, and show, you know, give life meaning in a sense. So season two premiered and it's just like, it's like seven episodes, I believe. I just finished the final episode tonight, Sunday night, and it is created by C.N. O'Clary 
And it was overseas, but they brought it to the U.S. First season, like I said, great. But you don't need to have watched the first season to appreciate the second season. You won't be lost. There are new characters in the second season, but there are some returning characters as well. So I'm going to go through a couple of these characters because I just think every one of them I've fallen in love with. I don't think there is a character on Love in the Spectrum that I don't love dearly. I would lay down my life for any of these characters. So you got James 34. He's a returning character. And, you know, this is a quote from an article and the show. He says, I really would like to have someone special with whom I can share the best moments of my life. Very simple, right? And he's been trying to find love. Uh, He's 34 years old. He lives with his family, even though in a later episode on the second season, he tells this girl, he's like, you got to watch out for the housing market. I was, I was shopping for houses today and it's going fast. I'm like, this guy... I, I, I'm like, this guy's shopping. I couldn't tell if he was lying to this girl to impress her because he's very honest about everything. But I was like, holy shit, James is shopping for houses. What? Uh, he says he's not a fan of bullies uh, because he was bullied as a kid. And one of his favorite things to do is to have fun at a Renaissance fair. He is a big Ren fair guy. And it is just so, he, you know, long hair. Uh, the way he speaks is so endearing. And it's just this thing where, you know those moments of like the, a show like The Office or uh, Nathan for You, where it will be so uncomfortable that you have to look away, and that's sometimes these moments when they're trying to speak to a girl or a girl's trying to speak to a guy in this show, and you can tell you can tell how they feel. Their heart is there; they want it so badly, but they don't know the right word to say. You know, and there's awkward silences. It's you know everything that we've experienced on dates and falling in love. You know, and you just your heart goes out to them, and you just look away because you want it to work out so badly for them. So James, favorite of mine. Then you got Steve. Now, Steve is the older gentleman. He's 64, but you're going to fall in love with this guy too. And he says he just has the feeling that he is absolutely meant to be with somebody. He lives in San Francisco and he, uh, he is the oldest cast member and he's been alone for most of his life, but he still is looking for a life partner at 64. And you see him go on a couple of dates and then, okay, so these are kind of the, I guess, stars of the show in terms of you know, going from first season to the second season, you have David and Abby and David and Abby are both 24 years old and they are both just cute as buttons and they found each other. And, you know, they've been going out now for three years. We know we meet Abby's mom throughout the series. She's always with them. And, you know, Abby dreams of seeing a lion one day. And one of her favorites, favorite movies is the lion King. And David is a big collector of toy figurines, but they find each other. And you see through the first season and the second season, they're still going out. And then get this, David and her go to Africa to see real lions. They go on an actual safari, a safari. I have not been on a safari. My mom and dad tried to go on a safari to Africa and then the whole world closed down. Like it was wild. But Abby gets her dream trip and she gets to go out there and see the lions and see the animals. And it is just so beautiful. And it is so cute. It's, you know, their love is so simple and so pure. And that's what love kind of should be, right? It's just those, we, we, we seem to overcomplicate things in our lives when it can be just that simple. It can just be two people singing songs from the Lion King together in a duet. Like it was so sweet at the very end. They do. They share a duet watching the Lion King 
Um, and, or no, it, maybe it was in the, in Africa. It was, I don't know. It was a beautiful, beautiful scene. Regardless. I think I was caught up in going, how did they get the rights to this song? Like, are they going to get sued by Disney, but they both sing it. And it was just so pure. And I just, I, you cry at least two to three times an episode, but it's like a good cry. It's not an ugly cry. It's a good cry out of love, but you're going to love Abby and David. I love them so much. And then Danny, now Danny's 26 and Danny is obsessed with dating an animator. She loves animation and she is a little bit of a wild card is that she knows what she wants. She has a journey to seek love and she's constantly looking for romantic interests and dates. And we see her try and fail a lot. But then in season two, she kind of finds a keeper and we get to see the gentleman that, you know, she's on a date with. We get to see him experience his first kiss. And it is so funny because she like says things matter of factly and she'll be like, I think I would like to try more intimate positions. And it is, it, I, it is so weird. Like I, I can't even properly explain it because it probably sounds creepy coming out of my mouth. But when her, you're just like, oh my God, this is, I, I, I can't even do this justice. I'm just telling you, watch it and tell me if you like it. I think you will. Now, uh, then you have two other of my favorites. You have Connor and Tanner, both 24. And Tanner is from Clemson, South Carolina, and he is looking for love as well. He works at a hotel, and he is just the politest gentleman that you'll ever meet. His smile could light up the world, and he is just and, – and we actually get to see them also go to like kind of – not therapy sessions, but like a session with somebody uh, that works with On the Spectrum people – about talking them through this, you know, because you see them get nervous, you know, of like, well, you know, like it, it seems like you, you're nervous. Why are you nervous about the date? Of like, well, what what do I say? What do what do I say? What do I? And you know, and the person's like, okay, well, you can't just talk about yourself. So you've got to ask them questions. You got to ask them what their favorite color is, what their favorite animal is. And he's like, yes, right, I've got to do that. And you can just see how it clicks for them. And then you get to see the actual date. And then also Connor, Connor's twenty four, lives with his uh, his mom and his dad and his brother. And he loves Game of Thrones and dragons and Transformers. Uh, but this guy's a gentleman as well. He watches a lot of British sci-fi. So he speaks in a British accent, even though he's not British a lot of the times. And we have to watch Connor go on a speed dating, um, like a speed dating date thing for all autism or on the spectrum people. And it's another thing where you have to mark if like, yes or no. And he's, you're supposed to mark it secretly on a sheet. And he's like, I think this is going to be a no. The problem is the girl is still right there in front of him. And they're like, you might want to do that after they leave. But he gets so nervous during that he has to step outside and he's just like, it's okay. It's okay. And the thing is, I don't know for a lot of you, or even for me, I was like, man, I'm like, I've been there. Haven't you been there? Haven't you been, remember your first dates? Remember those, you know? And if you took it really seriously, you just thought, oh my God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Or, or even think about when you first thought about kissing or, or remember, okay. When, when you first kiss somebody, right. You remember that. And then remember this, like the next time you were going to kiss somebody and you're like, holy shit. I forgot how to kiss. Like, you're like, oh my God. Okay. I know it's simple, but at the same time, how does it, you, you, you guys, you know, like I, I overthought everything. And so it was just so beautiful to watch this series, but I'm telling you so many laughs, um, so many tears. It's everything that I think is good. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just thought 
it's just wonderful. The, these kids are all wonderful. You also have Journey, who is 18, and she's uh, on the spectrum, and she's also a lesbian, uh, and her family is wonderful, and you get to watch her have some of her first dates. Um, I just can't say enough good things about this show, and I wanted to throw it out there to you guys because we do talk about so many shows that are so silly, and will Monica Garcia leave or stay on Salt Lake City, and who gave Heather Gay the black eye? But then sometimes you got to watch these other things. you got to watch... You got to have a little substance so you can get kind of into the ridiculous weeds in sometimes which we do with Bravo. And so I wanted to put that out there for you guys to potentially check that out. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Also, um, I keep talking about this, uh, the, the David character who uh, who is with Abby. And, you know, David is sitting there belting out like Lion King show tunes like it's nothing. And here's the deal, folks. I'll tell you something personal. This, uh, uh, you know, he's singing without abandon. He's not nervous at all. And we're going to a karaoke party in a couple of weeks. And this is what I dislike about, you know, we're fully out of 
the pandemic, even though a lot of people are still getting COVID, be safe out there. I got scared. I got COVID this week. It was a reminder to, you know, really try to do everything as possible. Remember, it's still out there, but I mean, the world has opened back up and it's been a while now, but it seems like it's opening more back up for me or it's in my head. So I have to go to this karaoke party. And if there's something about me, uh, I, I, I hate karaoke. I hate it because karaoke should just be a fun thing where you're just like, Hey, let's all sing badly. But it's not that anybody that throws a karaoke party means that they're good at karaoke. And especially if it's like an annual karaoke party, like this thing is, then it means like the, you know, the people that are going are all good and they're all like, and then they plan ahead of time and they rehearse. And the thing with my voice is I have this beautiful deep speaking voice. You can all hear how beautiful this is. The thing is, I don't have a perfect karaoke song. I don't. And so I'm sitting, th this is how nervous I get about things. People think I'm joking, but I actually, I genuinely was going around looking, we were looking for the perfect karaoke song for my beautiful baritone voice. And I mean, this, last, <laughs> we did this for hours last night. <laughs> and find the perfect karaoke song for me. And the thing is, I know no matter even how I find the perfect karaoke song, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to start sweating. I'm going to flop it in front of a bunch of like fucking theater actors and people that are professional karaoke singers. Oh man, just to be able to. And the thing is, I'll, I'll hit one good note and then it'll go, uh, you know, it, it's like I'm going through constant puberty. If I ever hit karaoke, I, I sing at my sister's wedding uh, God, how long ago was that? 20 years ago? It was so, a long time ago. And my sister and her husband asked me to sing and they asked me to sing Love Changes Everything by Andrew Lloyd Webber. And it's, uh, you know, I was like, oh, okay. But I was like nervous. I was, you know, anything you ask me to do, I'm nervous. I'm excited to do it, but I'm nervous. So it goes like, love, love changes everything, how you live and how you die. Love, you know, it's like, so it's kind of in my range. And then, but then, then it starts hitting love, love, change, da, 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 da. and ah. so I remember going up there and the thing I didn't count about my sister's wedding was I got super emotional. Like I saw my sister come out in the wedding dress. I started bawling. I started bawling. What a sensitive, dorky soul. And I started bawling and then I have to get up and sing this song and I do good at the baritone, but I'm trying to hold back tears. And then I'm like, It's just, I can never win. I can never fully win. I can step, I can get right to that, right up there at the bat, like the batter's box. And then I end up striking out at some point. So listen, if anybody has a good song for a baritone for a karaoke, please holler at me. Um, I'll keep you posted on how this goes. It's, I think it's like three weeks from now. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to really nail this down. I got to rehearse. I got to impress people. I mean, this, this is, this could be the big one for me. <laughs> this is the shit I worry about. Okay. And the, let's do a couple of uh, news. Oh, also the other thing I talk about this at the very end with Sophie. Another thing I want to recommend to watch um, is um, called uh, an American nightmare, an American nightmare on Netflix came out on Friday. It's a three part docu series and it's going to blow you away. Like I think some of it could have been, I wanted a fourth episode and there's a lot of little holes in the story that I've been looking um, at afterwards. There's a lot of information that was left out. Um, but it is, it is just kind of a mind blowing story where uh, this girl, Denise Huskins uh, was kidnapped by men uh, with uh, in the middle of the night when she was with her boyfriend 
and she was taken. Uh, it was like this whole thing where they drugged her boyfriend and her. They put on like these kind of darkened out goggles. They set up a video camera in uh, the boyfriend's house and they took her. But the thing, the question is, and what law enforcement questioned was, uh, did the boyfriend have something to do with it? Was it a gone girl scenario because the movie had just come out based on the book? It's three parts. I don't want to give it away, but I'm telling you, you are going to be fully in it by the first episode. And there are so many kind of, we're, we're so primed on datelines and we've watched so much footage. And I always talk about this concept over the last like couple of years as true crime being pop culture now. But I was just thinking about, you know, is that we're so used to watching interrogations now. We're so used to it. So we're even primed to be like, oh, that boyfriend, he's a little too calm. I think he did it. And you you come to realize, you know, it's like we, we, it's wild how we're a critic now for even interrogations. And sometimes that plays against the actual truth of a case. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought this was a really interesting docu-series. Uh, I'm hoping I'm going to try to talk to somebody involved in this because I would just love to know how they piece this all together. Um, but I think that is worth your while as well. So that's two to get you started. And then I'll go into more on Tuesday. Uh, also, what a... You know, I've been doing lately is I've been going to watch uh, back and watching like movies from the 90s. I watched like The Fugitive, The Firm with Tom Cruise and uh, and then watched uh, watched Son-in-Law. Do you guys remember Son-in-Law with Pauly Shore and Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Carla Gugino? Uh, there's a cameo by Brendan Fraser where he plays his Encino Man character. But Son-in-Law was Polly Shore, if you remember comedian Polly Shore, who's still out there actually making the news this weekend in terms of Richard Simmons, the aerobic instructor that uh, has the hearts of a nation uh, throughout his career and kind of disappeared. Um, Polly Shore is uh, rumored to be playing Richard Simmons in a movie about Richard Simmons' life. In fact, he's at Sundance right now, Polly Shore, where they premiered a short film where he plays Richard Simmons. And I guess he's really good in it. And they do not have... They're making the movie. And what's weird about it is that Richard Simmons is kind of hidden away from the world, trying to just be out there and be happy. And he's like kind of turned away from his public persona. But his public persona, Richard Simmons, was just bringing joy and light to millions. He was just kind of a light. And a lot of us thought of Richard Simmons. We kind of got knew him then through also like David Letterman or Stern, where he would come on and he would be the joke and he would be overly excited or Stern or Letterman or whoever, you know, talk show, they would kind of make fun of him. But Richard Simmons would participate in the, you know, it was like kind of the bit and it was like funny, but he brought so much joy to so many. Well, anyways, back to Polly Shore and son-in-law, it was wild because son-in-law at that time, Polly Shore was becoming a major movie star. Uh, Encino Man did really good or did decently well. And then Son-in-Law came out and it was like a hit. It was a summer hit in the year that it was released. And people were like, okay, it's 1993. This movie came out and it was a hit. And people thought, okay, wow, Polly Shore, like munching on some grindage, dude. He kind of had this valley girl uh, surfer persona that was very unique for a guy. And he kind of had this character that everybody fell in love with. And everybody thought, wow, this is kind of a movie star, right? This is a new kind of movie star, Polly Shore. But then what happened is he kind of followed it up with a bunch of films that didn't hit. So you had like Biodome, you had In the Army Now, you had Jury Duty. It was like a string of pseudo flops. Like Biodome did okay with Stephen Baldwin, but then you had In the Army Now and Jury Duty, and those were flat out bombs. And it got to the point where he wasn't really 
able to make, he wasn't allowed to make movies anymore where he was the lead or Hollywood kind of, you know, whatever. But he's a stand up comedian. His mom, Mitzi Shore, who passed away a couple of years ago, she started the comedy store on Sunset Boulevard, one of the biggest stand up spots uh, in, in this country. You know, it started so many amazing stand up comedians. And Polly Shore, I believe now kind of, I, I don't know if he owns that place. I, I'm sure his mom handed it down to him, but I got to see him do stand up a couple months ago when I went and saw Justin Martindale at the, the comedy store and we loved him. It was great. It was a great night of comedy, but Pauly Shore now, like, you know, he looks kind of like Richard Simmons if you put a wig on. And I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting because it would be kind of a Pauly Shore renaissance. We've talked about other actors having a renaissance, even Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser had this amazing renaissance where he won best actor for the whale, you know, and maybe it's time for Pauly Shore. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it is time for Polly Shore. And I love a good comeback story. I love that about Hollywood. I love that about life. Um, but the thing about Richard Simmons was that, you know, he has kind of hidden away from the world. There was an amazing podcast series about seven or eight years ago. I think it was called Finding Richard Simmons. Um, it's still out there. If you guys um, let me. Yeah. Find, finding Richard's. Let me find that the title for this. Uh, no, it's called Missing Richard Simmons. And uh, it was a great, great podcast. I remember listening to it at the time. And it was about trying to track down Richard Simmons. But the thing is, he didn't want to be tracked down. And there were so many rumors going around about him. Oh, my God, did he did he gain a ton of weight and didn't want to be seen? Was he sick? Was he this? Was he that? And people don't really know what it was. He just kind of, you know, we're all sensitive people. And he decided, but he had given so much to so many people. He even had an exercise class in Beverly Hills that people will still message me where I posted about Richard Simmons the other day. And they're like, oh my God, he changed my life. Or he was so nice. I went to one of his exercise classes and it was just the best time ever. And what a kind of an amazing legacy to have of so many people saying nice things about you. What an amazing legacy. But I wanted to uh, leave you today um, because believe me, there are tons of pop culture stories that we're going to be talking about all week because uh, you know I got sent a bunch that I didn't get to today. So we've got plenty to talk about tomorrow on top of our guest. But I wanted to leave you w with this that kind of moved me. That you know Richard Simmons doesn't make a lot of public statements, but he actually posted one on um, online uh, on on the old Twitter, Twatter, or X or whatever we're calling it on Friday. And he writes, all I want for all of you is to be happy and peaceful. Please don't let anyone be mean to you or put you down. You don't deserve that. Never forget, I keep all of you in my prayers every single night. Know your worth. Love, Richard. And this was a very simple message out of nowhere from somebody that has kind of hidden themselves away. But that's what we got to gotta go to, right? We got to gotta go to those things that make us feel good about living this life because it can be so fucking hard, right? So it's good to have those love on the spectrum shows that remind you. And it's good to hear from Richard Simmons, you know, a positive message. And then we can get into the muck and the mire and we can have more fun about talking about Jax Taylor coming back on the Valley or Tom Sandoval, dude, coming back on Vanderpump Rule season 11. You know, we got to look for those commonalities. So I'm going to get off my high horse. So you might have hated this, but if not, I just wanted to say it anyways. And then uh, tomorrow we'll do a lot of the uh, pop culture stories that I didn't get to today and what else to watch this week. But here she is, the one, the only. This is a really fun conversation. Have a great start to your week. Sophie Ross. 
Folks, welcome to your week. I am so excited to be talking to you guys. This is the Pop Culture Roundup, and it has been two weeks, so that is that means... Our favorite is back with us to talk about all Bravo, all pop culture, any juicy tidbits. And of course, we're now turning this podcast into a wedding preparation uh, podcast from this point on, just to try to dip into that. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, somebody that's uh, zooming in right from Charleston, where her potential wedding might be, the one, the only Sophie Ross. Hi. Yes, I have been <laughs> venue shopping. Babadu. <laughs> this feels this feels very this feels quick. You're already on the go for a wedding venue and you are potentially going to be in Charleston. And yeah, you're in Charleston you know right what? now. I'm no spring chicken. So Oh my god, are you kidding me? I just you know what? It's different when you're my age. I feel like it's just <laughs> like okay, I'm not going to I I don't have I'm not going to have the ovaries. Oh my god, this is insane. But you know what's funny that I was thinking about? That we have been doing this together for so long that we were doing this back in my single days. Remember when you would ask me about my dates and like all the fun shenanigans I got into? And now look at me. You're doing fun fun shenanigans. I mean, you're still doing fun shenanigans because who would have thought you would actually be in Charleston, the setting of Southern Charm, which just ended its most recent season with the second, the two-part reunion. Have you seen Craig Conover in town? You know what? We did walk past Sewing Down South and my mom like doesn't, she doesn't watch Southern Charm and like doesn't really care. But we looked inside. We didn't like walk inside, but I just like looked in the window and there's a shirt in there that says, what's wrong with my sewing? And so all weekend, I just keep being like, what's wrong with my sewing? And my mom's like, shut up. (laughs) There should be a t-shirt that says, we didn't really land on the moon and other Craig Conover conspiracy theories. (laughs) But you know what else is funny is that everywhere we go, they're like, yeah, like we're visiting all these venues and stuff. And they're like, yeah, so we we have some of the Bravo people. And I'm like, oh my God, Southern Charm. And they're all like, yeah, Madison was just here. And and everyone's like every for some reason Madison is the big one that everyone keeps bringing up, and then I'm like Beta. I keep being like, beta. <laughs> well, wait, okay. So if you're in Charleston right now, is it a place that you would like to move to? Do you understand why Paige uh, doesn't want to move? I say this every time I'm in Charleston. I'm obsessed with Charleston, which is why we're gonna get married here. I want to move to Charleston. I would move to Charleston in ten seconds, like. Literally, I'm obsessed with Charleston. I think it's like the best city ever. I love. I also grew up going on vacation here, so like I just have a long history of like loving Charleston. But my fiance sadly has no interest. So it's like the opposite problem is Paige. Like maybe we should trade spouses. You know? <laughs> wow, you're not even at the wedding and you're wanting to trade spouses <laughs> already. Also, have you have you seen uh, Leva's place, Republic? Yeah, yeah, and I've been to Republic before. We went here for my sister's bachelorette party, too. So, like, I know all about Republic. Is the word on the street that Shep is staying sober or any any Shep uh, rumors around He's the town? Not. Let's Let's be real. I mean, I wish Shep the best, but... And that was, like, a huge... Like for him to even admit that he has a problem. And that's yeah. why I texted. I texted Ryan after I watched the second part of the reunion. I was like, what happened at BravoCon? Like well, what happened? What are they not? Like, I mean, 
I, I mean, I said it many times. It just that he see. I mean, from Friday, he see when I saw him. I was like ten feet from him. He seemed like he was on another planet. But I, I mean, I thought, okay, mushrooms, edibles, whatever. And then I guess it got progressively worse through the weekend. And a lot of people, mushroom ed- shrooms and edibles. I don't think that's the no that's I, the, uh, <laughs> drugs that he's you know. Uh, you know, who knows, but I'm I'm glad that he understands that it was so bad that he does need to course correct. I'm just curious because Madison said at that reunion, the first part of like, I thought he was going to say he was going to rehab because that seemed to be in the conversation. And then he didn't, you know, he didn't do that, but he posted on his Instagram that I think he went to Costa Rica for some kind of wellness retreat. And then he put like a product code at the end of his Instagram post, mm-hmm. which is, you know, never a, never the best sign when you're like, trying to promote another health facility if you're trying to get better. He's sponsored by the health facility. By well, the I mean, he was like, sur- he was surfing and his body was paced like, like a mud bath. And he was like, this has been so amazing for my mind and my soul. And I, I mean, you want, I mean, I do want him to like, if, if Shep was like sober and like, he could kick ass. I truly believe that. Well, think about all of the opportunities that he has been given in life. He was, born into in a hundred million dollar family. Um, he, you know, was always good looking and charming and, you know, comes across as intelligent. And he, I think he's, you know, realizing that he has made nothing of his life. And then here are Craig and Austin who don't come from like that, that pedigree that have somehow, I mean, saying that Austin has like surpassed him is, with a with his podcast, I guess sure he has something, but like I don't know. It's he imagine always, Shep, it's Shep's being jealous of a podcast. Like imagine that. Imagine that Shep is so low that, that Austin and Craig are now opening their own Tom Tom. Their own. Well, that's actually that's a story I, I was given today that I was going to talk to everybody about. This is great, you guys. Is that Shep and uh, Shep and Austin? I wish they would actually include. Uh, uh, sorry, Austin and Craig are now opening their own place in Charleston, which is going to be like a Tom Tom. And I, I mean, what do you think of this? Because they have like a little place in New York they opened. Did you see that place? Oh yeah, Carriage House. But yeah, I feel they have like Carriage House. house I haven't been to like. I feel like I do need to do some reconnaissance and like go check it out. And per- I live in New York, so like. I have no excuse, but I think that they're just like investors in carriage house. I don't think they're actually like the owners. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know about that, but this one, the, uh, if they're partnering with Uptown Hospitality Group on a fresh concept called By the Way, the neighborhood tavern is set to open midsummer, just around the corner from the company's flagship location, Uptown Social, on the city's famous King Street. What if they called it Craig Craig? <laughs> little little Craig, little uh, Cra- little Craig's bar, or what? <laughs> or Austin, Austin, like just or, like or uh, six three. <laughs> I'm six three, by the way. No women have complaints about my sexual prowess. That would be a great name for a bar that Austin started. Um, wh- okay, the you watched the second part of the Southern Charm uh, reunion. Can you argue, I was talking about this on Friday, at this point, can we even argue that it's a show not about these men? It's all centered around those three men. And like JT, who I thought like made some really good inroads, JT eventually is going to have to kiss the ring of Austin to actually get in that friend group. Or I don't like, how do you see Southern Charm continuing past this point? 
The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. I mean, I personally am a JT apologist. I love JT too. I know he has his flaws. But I thought he, I, I like seeing him go against the grain, you know? Yeah. I just think it's so funny. Like, Austin, the way that he gets under his skin, and Austin's like, shut up your chihuahua already, Taylor. <laughs> like, what? Like, it's so funny. But I don't know. But you're right. I mean, it does center around those guys, but that literally is just Southern charm season after season as women fighting over Austin. Yeah, well, I mean, it really is like kind of the main storyline. And Austin revealed on Watch What Happens Live that he is in a relationship right now from somebody outside of Charleston. So, yeah. Wait, Austin admitted that? Austin admitted that on Watch What Happens Live. Oh, my God. I didn't watch. Yeah, it was actually really, it was a good episode. It was Leva, Craig, and Austin. And the thing is, like, they all seem like good, fun guys that you would want to hang out with. But Austin kind of just... It's almost like he's like, yeah, I'm here to get my lashing. So he just sits there. He tries not to argue too much. But JT is that kind of thorn in his side because JT nails him to the wall with very specific information. And JT is right. It's just that a lot of people hate JT for being a nag. Right, right. And I feel like Austin, I think it's so funny. This is the first time I'm here. Like, you know, when Trump found out that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died? <laughs> of it. Wait, this is what made you think. This made you think of Trump and Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> no, but I feel like learning that Austin is in a relationship, I think that he probably is taking a hard look at himself and being like, how can I avoid the path that Shep has gone down. Like, I feel like he actually has enough wherewithal and self-awareness to be like, I do not want to actually turn into Shep because that was a big conversation at the reunion is how Austin has turned into Shep and he's going down that same road. And I think that Austin is like, how can I, you know, getting, getting into a relationship, starting a family, having those things that Shep has kind of resisted, which has landed him to be where he is today, which is like a perpetual sad frat boy bachelor you know well, you know what you know what i think austin has on his side is that he keeps craig close i think craig is the key at this point yeah. 
people's sanity, whether you like, it's like Craig has actually made the appropriate adjustments. And that's why the watch what happens live uh, was so interesting. Cause Andy was like, yeah, everybody loves you now, Craig. And Craig was like, listen, I tend to fall apart every three years. So I'm trying not to believe the hype and just like trying not to fall apart. And I think that's a, a fascinating observation is that Craig even realizes at this point, like this could all like people liking me could go away tomorrow, but like I'm in love with Craig Conover right now. Like, and this is bad. This happened last time with Tom Sandoval. So I got to really be careful about this, but I love that man. Give him one more season of winter house. Give him just, wait, wait, Sophie, I got another, I got another news story. Uh, Demois reported and people confirmed that winter house is on pause. You will not see new winter house in 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No new Winter House. Oh, oh my God. I love Winter House. Yeah, but but okay. But see, this is what we kind of had this disagreement last time you talked about Winter House because I just thought I like all of these people, but together you had the Danielle Alex relationship that was kind of crazy. You had the Corey Sam relationship with Sam went on Not Skinny But Not Fat this week and confirmed that they are broken up with. Good for you, Sam, for doing what you needed to do for yourself because he wasn't going to end that thing. But yeah. if they're not going to like play into like, you know, Corey and Sam weren't even in summer house this season. Like, how did that happen? And there goes, there goes Corey's Bravo career. Well, that's we what I was going to ask you, Sophie. Is that like Corey, is he done now? Like, is, or, or are they going to pull he's him a- back? If winter house is done summer house, he's not on where else is Corey going to fit in? Well, I think a big reason, and I I don't know for sure, but I would assume a big reason why Summer House didn't invite Corey back was because it came out that he was liking a lot of transphobic shit on yeah. Instagram. He had some problematic likes and stuff on on social media, and and Sam was like collateral damage of that because they were dating at the time. And also, I guess she revealed on Not Skinny But Not Fat that the reason she wasn't invited to Winter House is because she was in a relationship with Corey and they wanted more of like a singles vibe, which is what I loved about Winter House, by the way. I thought it was so fun that there was like, you know, hookups and like, you know, I thought that was fun. Well, also, the, you I know, Sam alone in that opinion. No, no. But Sam pointed out, too, is that the producers kind of held information from her and said, yeah, we want you to come down, knowing that they were going to, you know, have this Corey thing potentially blow up. I still think, though, Corey and Sam going into Winterhouse together would have been kind of interesting because Corey would have to keep facing those issues on camera. And I think, Sam, we would see the dissolution of that relationship, which is painful in real life, but Mm -hmm. sometimes really interesting to watch go down. Because I wanted to also ask you what you thought of that Summer House trailer where we saw our first glimpses of Lindsay and Carl oh. and all that yeah I mean that that trailer Ooh, I think they edited it so dramatically and it was so like uh, oh yeah how Carl was like she's gonna say that she's blindsided and then, and then cut to her on her phone with her dad I'm, I'm being blindsided right now dad I'm blindsided and I think we probably are going to see you know, why this, you know, breakup yeah, occurred, obviously. Like, I, I think based on that, that they were having a lot of issues leading up to it shows, you know, them fighting throughout the summer and some of these, like, big fights that they were, again, it's a trailer. Like, who knows what's, like, you know, what do they call it? Franken? Franken, Franken edit. Franken cut or Franken edit. Franken yeah. edit or whatever it is. But, like, yeah, I think that in the long run, it's going to become even clearer that Carl did them both a favor. 
Well, yeah, I mean, but also when you're in love with somebody, you're going to ignore sometimes those big warning right. signs because you're so invested in it. And I think on Lindsay's defense, when you are actually planning a wedding and you are you're doing that right now, when you are getting close to that, you're you're not thinking that he's going to leave. You're thinking that like this is guaranteed if we're actually planning this and we're putting money down and people are buying tickets to go to this, then then this is for all said and done, it's happening. Weddings are a yeah, stressful yeah. period of time to plan. So I just I still feel bad for Lindsay, but I do think that it's good of Carl that he's kept low. He's laid low and he didn't pull the Tom Sandoval. You know, Carl didn't come out with a podcast and a karaoke band. Right. Right. Wait, what's Raquel's podcast called again? Uh, Rachel Goes Rogue. Yeah, like what if Carl was like Carl goes crazy? Carl, Carl, Carl goes crazy. That no, that's yeah. actually great. But that's amazing. I want to go back to Southern Charm really quick too uh, for a second though. Is Vanita said something great? Uh, you know, and I wish there was more of Vanita. But it's all mm -hmm. like, how do you fit all of these storylines into those three core men? Vanita kind of even stepped up to Austin too and said, "Hey, listen, if you're talking to your parents uh, and your family about Dayton, you got to be fucking." So where do you land at the end of the season on Austin and Taylor potentially doing the hippity dippity? Do you think they did or didn't? I maintain that they, whether it was sex or not, they did more than make out. Like it, it, it would be a non-conversation if they had only kissed or made out. Like I really think that they, I, and you know, let your imagination, like, I don't know. Was it a I don't want to picture them doing things. I'm not going to let my imagination go. Was it a 69 situation? Oh, like, stop it. It was I not mean, a, stop but it. There's no way it was just a make out. And I know that, you know, to them, because they, they had that kind of convincing, like, we did not have sex. But it's like, you know, maybe you didn't have the <laughs> P and the B type of sex, but... <laughs> Wait, you're talking about the Farrah Abraham teen mom sort of sex where oh remember Farrah Abraham was like very Christian and like all this stuff. So, you know, there was interviews where it was like a lot of the people at her school, they didn't want to disrespect God. So they were doing it in the, the butt. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Because, that's what the Christian girls at my high school would do, too. What if they soaked? What if Olivia, yes. <laughs> what if Taylor and Austin, Austin's like, we're soaked. I wasn't a jump pumper. That was a random person, but no, that, I mean, it is wild because <laughs> it seems like, it seems like they're going to take the secret to the grave. And I, but at the end of the day, how do you break down the Olivia Taylor thing? Because uh, Olivia says, I will not be friends with you. I wish you well. I'm so sorry about your brother, but this cannot be fixed. And I will say, I am kind of shocked about Taylor's behavior. I was always making excuses because I know that she must have gone through really like just torture having, you know, the Shep relationship in because I know she was deeply in love with him. But it seems like she was just it really was a war path for destruction with Taylor. Yeah, it it definitely was. And I. I understand. I know that there are a lot of people being like, well, why is Olivia like, why is Austin off the hook? And like, she's only mad at Taylor. It's because she had no expectations. Like you expect Austin to be a piece of shit. It's kind of like just what you expect from him. <laughs> and she, I can understand the betrayal goes deeper when it's one of your girlfriends for sure. And my other question is, I don't buy the Olivia story about her bra. So you think Austin just inspires all of these women to lie and make up stories well, in you efforts? you know what it is. You know what it is, though. So, like, the bra thing. Because 
first of all, if you're like, if he's like, oh, here's your bra, like I could believe that someone would, you know, t- you take off your bra while watching a movie, like whatever. That's a very normal thing to do. But the fact that he was like, here's your bra, and she's like, just throw it out. Like, bras are expensive. You wouldn't like just like wait two seconds. Like your Uber can wait. Like that just like didn't make sense to me. And then I was like, why would Olivia feel the need to lie? And I think it's because she didn't want to act like she was still, you know, again, letting Austin off the hook in a way that she wasn't letting Taylor off the hook. And also because she was like kind of dating Rod. Rod, yeah. I don't know. I just. What you're saying, though, at the end of the day is that we need to collect this bra and get DNA evidence off of it. That's what you're saying. Where's the bra? Where well, is by it? the way, you're in Charleston. Would love if you could actually get the bra while you're there. Get your Bro. mom on it. Like, your mom is probably a great detective herself. We could actually fix... I, I don't know. Like, I I just think it's interesting that they all... It is all revolving around Austin. And then you have Madison there. And Madison has been there, done that. I'm just curious how this show keeps going when it's the core men. And, and Shep seems like on the outer circle of that. Like, somebody needs to throw this guy a podcast or something. I just want to know how they continue on past this. And I made a post last week that really upset people about do you want or do you think Thomas Ravenall should come back on the show? And people were, I mean, I've never seen people like come out like that of like, Fuck. And by the way, I had forgotten some of the accusations against Thomas Ravenel. I forgot about the housekeeper. I forgot about that. You. How dare you even put that into the universe? I got I, I want to tell you I wasn't the one that put it out in the universe. And I'll and and when I can talk about it, I'll let you know why I put that out in the universe. But oh. That's my, I, I, that was, I was, you know, I also just did a Sunday scaries post with him and Ashley. Cause remember that kook, Ashley? Oh my, don't even get I, me. I, I, I eternal Your sunshine that I forgot. I forgot about her completely. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, those Ashley scenes were wild. That was like, that was a time. That was, what an era. I wonder how Danny's doing, by the way. She's too good for this oh, show. Oh, yeah, Dan. See there. Well, and and who was the awesome person, the the hairdresser? Um, Chelsea. Chelsea was amazing yeah. too. And Chelsea had a, a Austin flirtation, remember? Yes, or Austin that was a whole thing too. You know what's interesting about Shep? So, like going back to whatever happened at BravoCon, I think it must have been maybe like Bra- do you think that maybe Bravo execs or so- they were like something his standing on the show was threatened i don't know it's like what what really like what was the the impetus for this to put it to put it in shep terminology what really was the impetus for this you know it just like there are so many blackouts that shep blacks out every night yeah because sophie was like sophie was going like there had to have been something really 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 bad and it's not like shep I just think it's interesting because we know Shep doesn't need the money from the show. He's so different from like so many other Bravo celebrities in that like that's their main source of income. Shep doesn't need the money, but he needs like the attention, I feel like. And that but also that's what shows you sometimes being extremely wealthy from the get go can lead to this empty. I'm like telling it to myself because I'm not rich, but like there's an emptiness that eventually sets in because you can travel the world. You can be an adventurer. You can sleep with tons of beautiful women. But at the end of the day, you know, you're you're going to be kind of potentially alone. And as you get older, your body's not going to work the same way. And it gets lonely. I mean, I I mean, it gets. Yeah. Like what what are your goals and hobbies? You know, he probably doesn't have goals. He just has hobbies. Hobbies. Exactly. But like, what are his hobbies even besides drinking? I know. Name, name, a, 
Name them. Name them. Shep, name them. Name them. Seriously, it's it's so true. It's just like, uh, and you know that, especially with like getting women and picking up chicks. Like he's not, look at how he looked 10 years ago. He's looking, (sighs) and that's not just from aging, by the way. People age and a lot of men, most men get better looking with age. Thank you. Thank you. Ayo. Like he, I feel like him being on the show, that's how he, you know, you did. I mean, I saw him on the reunion. I just wanted to moisturize him. I just wanted to slather on a bunch of moisturizer, you know, like do like a face roller, like a guava, like, or not a guava, gua sha, a guava. (laughs) Like, you know, like like a little like ice bath or something for his face. He's just like so swollen, so puffy. Well, and that's where Austin is puffy too, but Austin still has that young skin. Austin still has that like, and I'm telling you, Craig is the key, but I don't think Shep can fully kiss Craig's ring yet. Like Shep is still fight because Shep used to bully Craig a lot. And I think Shep still finds it hard to believe that Craig in doing all the things that he finally set out to do has surpassed Shep. He never thought this would happen. And I, I just think it's a really fascinating thing. So I'm just curious how you go into next season you know, and especially yeah. with the women, you know, how this all works. And I really want JT to come back, but there has to be, he's going to have to make up with Austin in some way for that to happen, I believe. Yeah. And like, what uh, is Taylor? Is Taylor going to be my, back? Well, okay. Like, that's the other, that, the last thing about everyone. Well, everybody said, even on Watch What Happens Live, but even on the actual reunion, they all said, listen, Shep, I bet if you get better, you and Taylor will wind up married. Taylor has a new boyfriend. Taylor's had a boyfriend since past BravoCon. Imagine being this dude and watching like TV where everybody's like, you guys are going to get back together and get married. Like that would be wild. His name is Gaston. Of course it is. Of course it's Gaston. Taylor like, reminds me of a potential Disney adult too. Oh, for sure. For sure. She's a Disney adult. Duh. Uh, that's the only thing that's stopping her though, not being in Los Angeles. Cause a lot of the cast of Vanderpump rules are Disney adults. That's true. That's true. They have like year long Pat, like Jax Taylor lives at Disneyland. I just, yeah, he does him and him and Brittany. I just, oh, which by the way. Well, that's where we're going to we, get the, the yeah, valley. We, we need to talk about that trailer. Yeah. What, okay. So if you haven't watched that trailer yet, just like pause and go watch it, which I'm okay, sure. So, so she's it. talking about, there's a new trailer that came out. I talked about it briefly on the show on Thursday, I think on the Salt Lake recap, is that they finally at the premiere uh, said, they finally showed the first look of The Valley, which is the Vanderpump Rules spinoff led by Jax Taylor and Brittany. But then you have Janet Elizabeth and Jason Caperna. Janet, I'm, a, I'm friends with Janet. She's been on the show before. She knows, like, she's really good friends with Ariana, uh, good friends with Sheena. But then you have a couple other couples that I'm not fully aware of. But Jax Taylor is leading this show. That's what the trailer makes it look like. And it's a silly trailer. We don't see any footage. We just see him driving like this kids Mercedes. And you but think he's like... A real doing car. That. Like what? What's like the punchline with that? Why is he doing that? Why is he wearing like gloves? Why? Is well, you know, because it, well, I think the bit of the thing was he supposedly is probably in like a Ferrari and he's doing racing gloves, and then you realize he's in a little kid's car and he's trying to be an adult. That's the bit. Uh-huh. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. 
Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Good one. Good one. He looked so scary. And I loved all of, everyone being like, who the fuck asked for this? Like, no oh, one, okay. literally no one is excited okay, for Okay, but Sophie, this is where I'm going to push back. Because, listen, if it's a good show... We will all dig it. Like it's, it's all going to like, but we always do this with, we shit on everything before we see it. And I get it. But at the same time, guys, Scandaval was so big that we all kind of did ask for this because then Bravo and NBC universal was like, what else can we do in the Vanderpump rules universe? Jax has been trying to get back on forever. So of course this was going to be like, but it depends if whatever footage they shot, whatever the storylines are, it's going to die and fall. It's going to like, you know, even either succeed or lose on that stuff. But this trailer wasn't that funny. It didn't give us a, cl- a clear picture of what it was. But also, I but I do want to tell, I was right again. I predicted this like six months ago is that it got confirmed. Alex Baskin, the EP over at Evolution said the connecting scene, because it's going to air after Vanderpump Rules oh, towards the finale. Trailer. I said that Not there's going to be a connecting scene like Beverly Hills was into yeah. Vanderpump Rules originally. I thought it was going to be with Sheena. Uh, but it actually was with Jax and Tom. And then you're going to have Jax drive over to the Valley and it's going to start the second hour of that night in the Valley. God, golly. I'm golly, just like, she that, willikers. just seeing them in a trailer. And Kristen, I know that oh, Kristen, Kristen was fired too. Yeah. But like they were fired for a reason. Jax and Brittany fired for a reason. And also people just had it with them like people were sick of watching them and i love the fact that jacks went out the way he did which was that covid reunion where he was like charlie was like calling him like old and old washed up and relevant <laughs> and i love that for for him for us and now he's getting his own show like it just feels like we're like rewarding him and i i hate that yeah, but Sophie, don't we reward all realities? Like, even with yeah. the housewives, you can make this same argument is that we reward kind of people Bad that can behavior. be devious. Yeah, I mean, we've rewarded Tamara. We've rewarded, like, we reward you people. You know what's so funny, do- though, is that Jax was always like, I'm a I'm a dad now. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to go back. Reality. It's toxic. Yeah, I don't have time for reality TV. It's just, like, not where I'm at in life anymore. And all it took was him, like, the first offer. He's like, yeah, <laughs> first <laughs> Like, well, that that's my fear, though, to make a good show, he could potentially risk that beautiful family. That's my 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 fear. Oh, God. Oh, God. Because he's going to want I don't don't know, but we'll see. I just I just feel like, well, it'll really depend on the quality of the show um before Wait, also some of the comments saying that his face was like pulled so tight. And I was like, that's what it is. Like, I I we know that he's been like looking like, you know, 
uncanny for a bit now, but like his, it really is like his face was pulled too tight. Well, we know he's had scenes on Vanderpump Rules where him and Sandoval, they all went to like Botox appointments and all of this stuff. He's always like groomed himself in a certain medical way. It's just that it's affected his eyebrows. So he looks like a villain. He, he looks, looks like, like the eyebrow. Actual, yeah. With like the black gloves on. I was like, ah, Dexter, oh my God, he's going to kill people in the valley. Dexter, I love your work. Oh my God, wouldn't that be an amazing actual st- We all think it's going to be about family in the valley, but it's actually Jack's raising his family, but at night he's a serial killer. And he's like, try- <laughs> in his man cave, it's his kill shop. Like, by the way, I'm going to probably get hate mail for this, but wouldn't that be great if like that is the storyline is Jax is on the loose? Jaxter, and he like has tarp in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also Rachel on Rachel Goes Rogue, the, the Rachel Levin podcast it's two episodes in and by the way i listened to the first episode at 1.75 speed and it was actually doable for me but i just recommend that for anybody because everybody says it's such a slow pace but she revealed what we all knew this this episode was that schwartz knew from the very beginning schwartz knew about her and sandoval from the very after the very first night the next day schwartz knew which somebody said uh i think amy field uh who uh is awesome. She said, you guys need to make shirts. that says Schwartz knew because Schwartz knew from the very beginning. And I thought like, of course he did. He's always going to protect Sandoval. But like, I just find that interesting that they still went ahead with that storyline of Rachel and Schwartz kissing at Sheena's wedding. Oh, I didn't even think of that part. I was yeah. just like the the betrayal to Ariana because, you know, but. No, but that's like how mush yeah. their brains are is that they're like, oh, this was still like Rachel said, oh, yeah, I thought I was kind of excited to be a good storyline and I could kind of see. And, and I think part of her was trying to make Tom jealous as well because he wasn't like really making decisions. But I just think that's really, really wild to finally that even hear more about this. This was just like playing along. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I also think Rachel. I, I was kind of like, oh, good, Rachel, for not coming back. Good for your mental health. But I don't think starting a podcast was really smart either. Because if you're going to tell all this shit then, you should have just gotten paid more and gone to Vanderpump Rules and faced the music. Wouldn't it have been so right. much better to get that information in front of Schwartz with a scene with Rachel where she's like, right. you knew from the beginning, Schwartz, you knew from the beginning. Like, that would be an amazing scene. And be able to, like, flip the narrative a little bit for herself. On a bigger platform than a podcast. Right, right, right. Like a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's weird. Um, Isn't okay. the theme of this episode that literally every man on Bravo is like a sociopath? Dude, wait, no, no. I'll even, we're all sociopaths. I'm a sociopath. Like, we're all, they, we, dude, all of us, we're all suspect. It's all fucked. Like we make the stupidest decisions. And then what happens with Bravo though, Bravo then injects money and cele- pseudo celebrity into it. So it's even worse. Like these people yeah. then are addicted, like, and also the women out there and even some of the guys, like, it doesn't matter that they're fuck ups. You guys will still sleep with them and hit on them. It's it just, it's exciting that they're on TV. Right. You know what I keep thinking about is that when JT was on Watch What Happens Live, they were like, how was BravoCon? He was like, you know, like six months ago, I was just a normal guy. And now look at me. I'm a, I'm a celebrity. Like saying that at BravoCon, <laughs> they really make you feel like, like you're. Yeah. He said, it was, he said the best year of his life, he said. 
Yeah, he was like six months ago. It's just a regular guy. It's like you're still not getting recognized anywhere. Like, what are you talking about? Well, but it's you know it is exciting. I mean, like it, it's really nice though to have like because think about normal life. You don't have people just random strangers saying, "Hey, good job! I saw you on TV." There's a natural excitement that I think is worn off for some of those people, and then some yeah. of the people they get addicted to it, and that's what we always see: the housewives fighting to get back on their franchises. Ryan, you've definitely gotten like recognized in real life though. Oh my God, Sophie, totally. Can I tell you that this is so crazy? Last, uh, my dad was in town last week and we were driving, uh, we were driving somewhere on like Tuesday or something. And I was taking this back road and there was like this construction and this car almost ran right into me trying to turn. And I like, I was so shocked. And then the lady goes, Ryan Bailey. And I got so, and my dad was with me and I was like, oh fuck, did I do like, what did I do? I thought I hit her or something. And, and it was like, she's like, I listen to your podcast. Oh my God. I was like, and my dad, oh, it made me look so cool to my, or sad to my dad, either cool or sad. But my dad was like, no way. And I was like, my dad, I said, my dad, Bill Bailey's in the car with me. And it was like, it was, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. That is amazing. No. And you know what? And that has never happened to me. I've had people be like, I think I just saw your boyfriend at Trader Joe's or something. Like he was like wearing a Bengals hat or something just from like following me. But the other day I was walking Baxter with my friend and her dog and someone there was like a group of girls being like oh my god can we pet your dogs because her dog is a puppy also and one of them said i think i follow you on twitter you just got engaged right and i was like oh my god that's never uh, really never i was like having the worst week too i was like you just made my week that's never happened yeah. and you just made me look so cool in front of my friend see there is something yeah. really nice about that so that's the kind of thing that like probably to a million times when you're actually on a tv show and it can be really alluring it could probably fuck with your perception of reality in real life um and especially right. like it's jt who, he's yeah. not been on this show he's just been on this show for one year so he's probably loving it right now until it comes around and the second season, if he's on something bad will come out about him and it'll, he'll be miserable. Right. Right. Exactly. By the way, whoever came up with the idea of BravoCon at Bravo, like needs to be a billionaire. That is such a smart idea because not only are you bringing in like an experiential event where like the talent is basically free because it's written into their contracts. You're making so much money from experiential events like this and it's starting to cause like actual like drama on the shows. Like what yeah. happens it at fe- It feeds into the storylines. Yeah, it's like the breaking the fourth wall and like a, a new character on the show is BravoCon. Well, I was talking to Medita <laughs> about this because uh, she was saying she had heard a rumor that it wasn't going to happen this year because of the Olympics. And I had heard that it definitely was happening because- What did the Olympics you know, have to do with BravoCon? Well, because, because of NBC Universal who are doing the Olympics and like they might be spread uh, too thin or something. Yeah, what is, like, wait, because the Olympics are on Bravo now and- <laughs> They're doing no. in Paris. No, <laughs> well, but I told her, I said, listen, NBC Universal and Peacock, like it all feeds into one thing because yeah. they're going to pump advertisement. Like if you're at BravoCon and they're going to pump advertisement for all of their other products, it's all advertising. Cause then and guys, all- this shit makes so much money. Like an event like BravoCon where tickets are, I know the VIP tickets especially are in the hundreds. Like oh, in the hundreds, so he's thousand. In the thousands. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. I didn't even know VIP tickets were in the thousands. Jesus Christ. No thousand, Um, not thousands, but thousand. That's pretty big. (laughs) Just (laughs) thousand. Um, 
But well, still, I spent $50 on Sheena Shea's Good as Gold vinyl. So like money is being raked in there. Exactly. Exactly. Like, whew. Okay. Wow. So Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, we had our second part of the reunion this week. The third and final part is this week. Where are you with Salt Lake City right now? Um, I mean, it's just been like the money. Obviously there was like the Mary Cosby, um, cameo, which was, which was fun. I did enjoy her at the reunion and I'm not someone that think I saw something that said they're all getting bring back, brought back, back. including Mary getting a full-time contract again. And I'm like, why? Like, I, I don't think that Mary really like serves. So like she's comedic relief, I guess, but like. No, she's a, she was in an insurance policy, if nothing more, for this season. And they didn't really need her. And also, if you're not going to bring Monica back, there's no reason to bring Mary back. And here, I mean, where are you at right now with Monica coming back? Where are you at wanting or not wanting? I mean, I understand both sides of it. I lean more towards, I think that she's like actually a terrifying person. Like, she actually really scares me. She's a stalker. Um, She's... I know that we're internet trolls to an extent, but yeah. like mm-hmm. the shit she was doing and just like ingratiating herself into this group that she had been like cyber stalking and cyber bullying is so creepy to me. Like it just like she gives me the creeps and I think yep. the way that she so easily lies in the way that she was so easily lying on the reunion about stuff that doesn't matter, like her email to Bravo like that scares me. Like I, I think I know we throw around the word sociopath, like I just did, but like <laughs> there's there's something not right up there. And I think that she's like actually a scary person. And I well, know okay. this season would have been nothing without her. And no, she no, 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 no. But no, listen. I, I think we. And by the way, the show does a good job of showing us all of her issues thus far with her mom, her dad, her like everything was not going well for Monica, but. I think you have to like add more context to this because the email to Bravo, listen, you, I mean, there are probably emails from all of those ladies at some point, including Heather Gay in the very beginning of really wanting to be on this show. And also everybody at this point, Dorinda Medley said this on her radio show last week is that everybody at this point are going to be fans of these shows before they get on the show. You're going to be very like hard pressed to find people that are not aware of the housewives right. at this point. So yeah. that, but like, but she did take it as even a step further. The thing that creeps me out that's going to be revealed on the third part is that, you know, she did have access to Jen Shaw's cameras yes. inside the house. Now that that's actually so even takes scary. it to another, but also where the fuck still is Jen Shaw in all this? Like, I still don't understand why Jen Shaw seems like Monica seems to be getting it way worse than Jen Shaw ever did. These women still have not stood up to Jen Shaw in any sort of real way. But Monica all of a sudden is some. And by the way, Monica is low level compared to Jen Shaw to me. I think I mean, I think the thing about Jen Shaw is that, yes, Jen Shaw was like scamming elderly. But no, I'm. <laughs> but Jen what's Shaw cool about her is Jen Shaw's a horrible, disgusting piece of shit. Um, but I think that the thing with Monica is that it was like personally affecting them. Like Jen Shaw wasn't scamming them or their parents or their grandparents. Like, I feel like they feel personally slighted by Monica in a different way, but 
I don't know. I feel I like it's almost oranges. I, I want to hear why they pe- feel personally affronted by. That's the thing that I'm missing is I want to hear those examples of why they were so scared. Yeah, they didn't. The show didn't show examples. And I think that Reality Von Tees has like scrubbed anything that wasn't Jen Shaw related from the account. So it's like, what was Reality Von Tees? Is there an example of Reality Von Tees? Like, what were, what exactly was the account saying about Lisa and Whitney and Meredith. Like I'm not getting that. Yeah. And it wasn't even that successful of an account. If we're going to like, I mean, the follower account wasn't even that big by the time it had gotten caught. Like I, like I said, I remember that account, that account follows me. I remember the Jen Shaw videos and I didn't really think anything of it except that Jen Shaw is a horrible person. Cause that's what I remember seeing from that account. Now let me break some news to everybody out there. Now this is from a source that that has never led me astray. This person is the one that told me Anna Marie Wiley was going to be the new cast member on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, I am hearing that, uh, and I think you're going to hear this announcement probably that after the finale this week or next week. Monica will not be coming back to the show. I, by the way, I personally hope I'm wrong, but I do have who the they've already uh, are deep into casting, and I do have a name. I, I'm, I'm going to hold one name and then I will. Uh, so the one person that I can tell you will be on the show next season on Salt Lake City. I'm just going to give a, a, a is a is a girl named. Wait one sec. Is a girl named Brittany. Brittany is going to this Brittany. I'm not going to give the last name. But Brittany is going to be a cast member on Salt Lake City. And the other cast member is somebody extremely wealthy who is very into fashion, makes Dorit look like a popper, has like a, a, a clothing, like a closet that is probably not to be believed. Um, so I do know, I mean, this is, this is from a source I really do trust, but I'm not going to, I'm going to hold the second name uh, until a, a couple weeks. I don't want to get in trouble and I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I have been told Monica is not coming back and they've moved on with casting. So, and I, by the way, if you even... If you even hear Meredith Marks interviews over at Sundance this weekend, she even keeps saying, like, I don't think I don't want Monica back. I don't want I do. I do not think Monica is going to come back. And that makes sense to me. I feel like that's the most let it be just like this iconic capsule of a season there. Where else do they go with her? Like. I don't know. And again, it's like you're going to it's hard to avoid Housewives fans. But when you're casting, but I think it's easy to avoid people that A, are as creepy as Monica and as weird as she is, and B, desperately need the show in the way that Monica clearly was so desperate for it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but desperate. I feel like they're all desperate to some degree. I feel like. like But think about like Lisa Vanderpump and Heather Dubrow. Well, okay. Some, but. Some okay, desperation doesn't just come financially. Desperation is also okay. ego, it's also Except, attention. Yep. Yeah, doesn't Shall- financially. He's the perfect example, but needs yeah. the attention and like the celebrity. So I do know these two women, and I do believe filming is going to be starting sooner rather than later. Um, and I'll try to keep you updated as soon as I get the, the go-ahead. The ratings were like really high by the end of yeah. the season. And especially when you factor in Peacock with that, everybody was watching it over on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, so it did great. And I'm glad that we got over, you know, it was great to have finally something past 
you know, he's a one with a mustache. And now we've got receipts, timeline, right? Like it's great to have different catch lines for different franchises. Um, Yeah, no, I agree. And I just love uh, picturing Jen Shaw seething. Oh, living behind bars. It's like that meme. I don't even know what it's from, but the maybe it's is it Jessica Lang and American Horror Story? Maybe where she's like, ah! <laughs> you know what I mean? That Are you talking about the mommy dearest meme? No, it's not the mommy oh. dearest meme. But she's just you know that she's seething, and I oh, love that because listen, even us as an audience, we all thought this was going to fail. So the fact that it actually succeeded even yep. more. Even in way more than Jen Shaw ever succeeded, that's yeah. got to really. I I hope that actually makes her come her, to Jesus. Her previous unpaid assistant, who you know is the one that reported her to the FBI, was starring <laughs> in the season. All like that's crazy. I did. You know the, the the reason why I wanted Monica back though, I wanted her to be able to answer more questions than that we were going to get answers to on the third part of the reunion because we're not going to get yeah. everything answered. And my thing was like, let her hang herself even more. And also, I still have questions about how much Heather knew and when. And by the way, it doesn't mean that doesn't matter either because. Heather was in the right to call it out, obviously, and it made great television. But right. I think Heather at this point yeah. is Queen B of Salt Lake. Even though she pissed and pooped herself on that Sprinter van, she is yeah. still Queen B on Salt Lake now. She like no, raised. I think, I think you're right for sure that there was some sort like she knew more than she was letting on earlier than she was letting on. But there in terms of relationship, like, there needs to be a Rossless. Roseless. I'm pronouncing Real Houses of Salt Lake City. Oh, a Rosla, a Um, like movie. Which, by the way, not a to lifetime pivot. movie. Well, yeah, but also not to pivot. I saw The Iron Claw last week. Oh, I hear it's amazing, Zac Efron. It was so good, you guys. And yes, it's sad, but. Yeah, it's sad, but like it, it also, you know, has its uplifting moments in a way. So like, I highly recommend it. Zac Efron, first of all, like, I know that his face is like distractingly deformed now. It's not um, distracting. I still think he's like, he's still better looking than 99% of men no, out there. I'm not saying he's, he's no longer good looking, but like, it's, it's different kind of, it's distractingly deformed in a way. It's ja- like Jax Taylor. No, in a different way. It's like his jaw and his, it's like something, he's like so thick. And it works for this movie because he plays this bulked up wrestler. So it like works. Works. I think otherwise, like don't put him in a period piece, Hollywood. It's not going to work. I don't think they were like rushing to put him into like Bridgerton. <laughs> like I don't think they were like Downton Abbey with Zac Efron. <laughs> But I think that he, if he doesn't get nominated for this movie, it'll be a travesty. I thought he was that good in this movie. He well, really you was. Know, this is actually, because I've been talking about awards season a lot in the, the past couple of weeks on the show. And the Oscar ballots for nominations, the deadline was last Tuesday. So it was like this really tail end, like kind of like push for Zac Efron. So there's like a, a there's like a Hail Mary pass to potentially get a nomination, but it's going to be like an uphill climb because it didn't even make the SAG, uh, the SAG awards. He wasn't even nominated, which pissed me off because I was hoping to get the screener for Iron Claw and it wasn't nominated. So I didn't get the screener. They needed to do a better job of like. Uh, of the campaign of pushing him for this Oscar because he truly, truly deserves it. And Jeremy Allen White was really good too. 
Um, so yeah, yeah. And by the way, he just won by best way, actor. I have, the, I have the Chiefs Bills game on. In yeah, the wait, what's the score? What's the score? It's twenty. It's twenty six to twenty four Chiefs, but the Chiefs are probably about to get a um extra point, so it's probably going to. How be many shots is Taylor playing on the field? Showed, it just showed Taylor. Like when, they, and I was talking to my mom about it, by the way, and Amy, as we all know, has her opinions about pop culture. Like, yeah, that. no, Amy, Amy should on, have her own show. The comment that she left on E! News' Instagram about how they needed to stop posting B-listers like Sarah Hyland and the Jonas Brothers, and it was on a photo. <laughs> and I posted a screenshot of that, and it went viral, and then people were yelling at my mom for calling Priyanka Chopra a B-list, which I didn't realize. Welcome to the that. internet, Amy. Um... But she was like, if Ta- Taylor rolled her eyes at Joe Coy, which he his monologue was awful, and he made like a joke at her expense that wasn't even funny. But my mom was like, she's rolling her eyes. If she didn't want to be, didn't want the attention, didn't want to be on camera, she doesn't have to be in the front of the suite. Like she knows she's gonna be on camera, and she is right there. Yeah, the but she, but like, listen, if you're raised in that spotlight. You're going to always go in that spotlight. You're always no, like, that's true. part of the show. It's true. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just like, you know, she she likes the attention. And, you know, Joe Coy, if the joke had been funny, that'd be one thing. But it yeah. like, wasn't funny. So, you know, Joe Coy, like, just didn't land any of those jokes, even though that one actually, I did get the joke. But unfortunately, you know, the the one so, funny yeah, joke he had, Taylor funny. hated it. Also, yeah. we, we, so, uh, Travis Kelsey's brother is Jason Kelsey. He's at yeah. the game. And I saw just before we started recording a shot of him with his shirt off uh, at the Chiefs game. Is Taylor taking her shirt off yet at the Chiefs game? Not yet. But Wouldn't it be great if she ruins it now with like a mayor? Like she totally gets butt naked in the suite and like just loses it. And like kids are like, mommy, <laughs> what? She gets Shep at BravoCon level fucked up. (laughs) What what did Taylor do with the playoffs? Why is everybody saying it's so bad? Like they cut cameras. What did she do? She gets kicked out of the stadium. (laughs) And then like Blake Lively won't hang out with her anymore. And the Heim sisters are like, too far, Taylor. We're not going to go over this cliff with you. We're not going to go to your lunch. (laughs) We're not going to do this, Taylor. Uh, I actually kind of, so wait, so is this the... Is this is the, this is how much is Super Bowl next week? When are we get the Super Bowl? No, no. So this is the divisional round. So the winner of this game will face the Ravens in the conference championship, and then the winner of the conference championship—that's the AFC championship versus the NFC championship—the winners of those go to the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, I just blacked out. I don't even know what you're talking I about. Know, I'm sorry. Wait, but also just preparing you for the Super Bowl where it's not Rihanna, but it's Usher. And Usher did a press conference this week where he said he's going to bring back old school R&B to the Super Bowl halftime show, which does that mean like, because every time I see Usher performing live, he's like dry humping somebody on stage. Do you think Usher is going to fully like dry so hump people? I'm so excited for that. And I'm so excited they're leaning into like nostalgia. Like uh, yeah, Usher I love is so nostalgic and I love it. And you know what? I had mentioned this on Twitter the other day, but I feel like just like people our age, like the thing that Gen Z <laughs> doesn't have is like we didn't have aux cords or Spotify playlists when we were like driving around in high school. We had like CDs and like the radio station. Yeah. And so everyone listened to the same radio. So songs like, you know, Poker Face by Lady Gaga or whatever it is. Yeah. We all knew the songs like Usher and Love in This Club by Usher. Like we all knew the same songs because we had no choice but to like listen to the same radio. And now it's so like there's never going to be another like Beyonce or Lady Gaga. But 
we talk about that all the time, how there's not going to be any like movie stars because everything is so different from what it used to be. And we just have to accept it, but we can have fun while it's still here and lean into that nostalgia. Usher, by the way, I always love Usher because Usher has so many songs about being in the club. Like this Usher loves being in a club. Like he He makes like, like, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you go to a club with Usher, it must just be an off the wall experience. Cause he loved, he respects being in the club so much. Um, also, Sophie, I hate to bring the, as we start nearing the end here, I hate to bring this down. It's such a somber moment here. I do want to talk about somebody that meant a great deal to me that is no longer with us as of this past week. Um, because we got news that Che Diaz is no longer in and just like that. Che Diaz is done. Did you hear this, Sophie? I fucking hate you. Che Diaz is done. I hate you. The way that I, my whole body was was (laughs) racing. Oh my. You're like, he's talking about his mom again. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Che Diaz. Um, Yeah. And I love how Che Diaz, Sarah Ramirez is going out in the most Che Diaz way possible. I don't know where Che Diaz ends and Sarah Ramirez, Ramirez begins. begins. It seems very similar in how they actually Especially operate. There was some, um, what was it? Che Diaz, on some like magazine interview, remember we talked about it months ago, where Sarah Ramirez's answers were so Che-like that like yeah. we were all it, I think it was it. a New York Magazine article or something. Yeah, or yeah, a vulture. Or... The cut or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Che Diaz is saying, or Sarah Ramirez is saying that it's because they support Palestine or they are a very vocal pro-Palestine supporter. But at the same time, Cynthia Nixon has been extremely vocally pro-Palestine. And you could argue that maybe like it's because Cynthia Nixon has, you know, a more secure standing on the show because she is a main cast member, but it's like, it just seems very like Che being like, I'm being silenced. Well, this was, what's so so funny is that she's, you know, they said they were being silenced and then there was like a source that said the source like immediately responded and they made articles said, no, uh, Che Diaz was just a waste of airtime. Um, and that, uh, Che Diaz wasn't, yeah, that a Che Diaz was an annoying character. Now this really is throwing Sarah Ramirez under the bus in a different way, but yeah, Yeah. at the end of the day, Che Diaz is an annoying character that I don't, it's literally like Che Diaz's pilot that didn't get picked up. Everyone was like, we hate Che. Like, I just feel like bad poor Tony Danza might not. I I was hoping to see Tony Danza on another episode (laughs) next season. But also like, like there is no Che anymore because Miranda and Che broke up. Like, like we yeah. don't want to see Che like without Miranda. What like no? Che is off. Miranda. Che is off finger banging new people in New York. You know. <laughs> um, okay, so that uh, so say goodbye to one of our favorite characters to talk about, and I I believe we're not getting new and just like that until 2025 as well. Oh I hear it's very. God. I hear we're gonna really have to wait for this. Um, oh. Okay, a couple of quick hits. I thought this was. Uh, this was kind of funny is that uh, in the Kardashian universe um, that this is so Chris Jenner, the Kardashians, they already, they shut down black China and they filed five trademarks in the, uh, uh, in Rob's daughter's dreams name. Like, so they made trademarks for Rob's daughter before black China could. So they trademarked dream for all of these like potential product launches under the dream Kardashian name. 
and shut down black child. I mean, this is, you don't go, this is like the modern day mafia. You do not go against the Kardashians. It's exactly. It's like you, you're trying to go against the Kardashians. You didn't have the street smarts to file the trademark before they could. She should have, when she came up with the name, when she decided to name the child before she told the family, she should have filed it right then and there. Like, now you know. Next time someone tries to have a child with Rob Kardashian, please heed our advice. And also just... If somebody's trying to have a kid with Rob Kardashian, let us know how that's going. Like that seems like uh, it's, that seems like a a whole thing. It's uh, uh, anyways. Um, so okay. So then also, Kim Kardashian, I thought did uh, an incredibly tone deaf thing where she did that like TikTok Instagram of like, of course yeah. I have a tanning bed. It's a lot like and showed us all her yeah, extreme she wealth. I'm Kim Kardashian. Of course I have a, a mannequin with my custom measurements. Like, yeah, just like I, all this like extravagant stuff she had in like her home or office or wherever it was. At a certain point, though, I know that like, I know people like that, but I, I don't know. Like, I hate it. I like, I assume that she has everything. Why do I need to see it? I mean, like, who who is that content for? It's not for me. It's not for you. Like, who who enjoys Well, I'm that? guessing maybe, who, maybe the kids, maybe kids dig it. I don't know. I guess, yeah, kids, te- do te- the teens think that Kim Kardashian is cool? Well, someone let us know if you have, like, yeah, if you- a teen <laughs> child or, like, a sibling. Will yeah. you let us know if the teens think Kim Kardashian is cool? Because no, I feel Sophie, like- that's a great thing. If you have kids, will you ask them what they think of Kim Kardashian and how, yeah. how their friends talk about Kim Kardashian and the Kardashians? Because, yeah, it's like no one I know is, like, consuming and enjoying. I know that, like, people passively, like, I actually, I'll, I'll, I don't follow any of the Kardashians on Instagram anymore. Not to like make a political statement or anything it's just like i just like don't enjoy their content so like i'll sometimes stalk them and i'll oh see my god is there a feud going on between you and the card are they gonna are, am i am i gonna see an instagram post where it's like sophie ross unfollowed all the kardashians and i bet all the kardashians still follow you though they don't even know they do they do <laughs> um no but i'll see like someone i like respected and like Um, liking their posts. And I'm like, I understand people passively will like, like things on Instagram, but I don't know. I feel like in general, like who is that content for? I don't know. I don't know who their fans are at this juncture in their career. Well, it's going to be interesting to see because even like a show like- Monica, did Monica. you see that Monica apparently like worships Kim Kardashian? People bet like Monica, I guess. Well, did you see did you see the the Kardashian clan? Was that Kimosabi, Kyle Richards' favorite hat store yeah. in Aspen? And yeah. they look completely I mean, just looked like completely ridiculous, done up. But I just thought like Kyle Richards sets the trends out there. And everybody yeah. else follows them. Uh, quickly, Anna Marie Wiley, uh, the uh, the Esophagus Association of America or the Anesthesiologist Association of America actually made a graphic calling out Anna Marie Wiley from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills saying, you cannot say that you're this or that. They actually just kind of took her, like they ran her over in the bus. And I think it's really wild that she is not a beloved character on this show. And now she is potentially in trouble with her job. And like the, the a medical association has called her out. Isn't that wild? How freaking embarrassing is that? That's it truly so is. Humiliating. I'm just like humiliated for her. I, I just think like, she thought this season was going to be a lot different than it was. And everybody, yeah. she's just, she's just a flop. I mean, it's like one, if she's going to be one and done, Monica's a great example of it, a legendary one and done. And yeah. she's an gr- example of a flop. Yeah. One and done. Diana two- Jenkins was better than her. Right. There are two genres of one and done on Bravo. It's like you have your Monica, you have your Diana Jenkins. What and also, she, you didn't see this week's episode, but Homeless Not Toothless was featured. 
Yes, I I saw on Twitter. Yeah, there's yeah, I saw on Twitter. So they, they, yeah. They're still doing it. PK it's was a doing conversation it. starter. They're oh, they're still doing it. But Erica, they had Taylor Dane, an '80s pop star who's a, has an amazing voice, and she started singing. And Erica Jane, in pure Erica Jane fashion, was like Taylor Dane, love will you back. Like she started like yelling, like like how she did with Asher at the holiday party last season, where she was like. Hug the hair on angel sick. Like she really prides herself a showwoman, and I love that about her. I know that Erica Jane has had her redemption season, apparently. So <laughs> well, that's all it takes is just like clearing Denise Richards, which wasn't hard to do, and now everybody yeah. loves her again. Clearing a blackout, Denise Richards. <laughs> Yeah, it's like any of us could have cleared Denise Richards. Like it was so easy to do. Oh um, okay. And then also, entrance on the show was even funny and embarrassing. She was wearing that like knockoff Giambattista Jean- volley dress, the one, the tool one with the cinched waist. Yeah. And Sutton was like, "They still make that dress." <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. she's so embarrassing. She was. It was over the moment she walked in in that dress. I mean, but to, to to keep harping back on an esophagus is so dumb and boring. Like, even the producers had to have been like, why do you keep bringing up the esophagus? This is not going to go good. Like, why right. are you doing this? But it gets great ratings, so it doesn't matter. Also, I just right. want to let you guys know, Sophie is watching The Traders, but she's only two episodes in. Have you liked The Traders so far? Because I think it's amazing. I mean, it's like the best show. Now that Claim to Fame is no longer airing, this <laughs> is filling the void. It's really good. They're four episodes in. They're only going to air one a week from here to March. So you guys can catch up. I'm going to cover it a lot more on the show, I think, because I think it's a great blend. And the fourth episode, Phaedra knocks it out of the park. I'm scared of Phaedra. Like, it's really, really good. And I I really recommend it because I think I'm going to start recapping it on the show. And then uh, finally, what else are you watching this week? I know you're busy. Anything stands out for you? Um, Oh, I watched... I just love like the British thrillers on Netflix, like the miniseries. Fool Me Once. That was fun. Okay. So I heard Fool Me Once. I heard the kids from TikTok were all like hopped up on Fool Me Once. It's good. It's like, it's just one of those, like, if you watched Behind Her Eyes, that was another. It's like they're based on like books and they're just like. Fool Me Once and Behind Her Eyes. Who's naming this thing? Mystery and they're all British and. There's a detective who's on the case, who's troubled, who has his own demons. But you love it. I love that shit. It's like, you know how, like, I love Liam Neeson movies and I love things with, like, CGI, like, Planet of the Apes (laughs) or Jurassic Park. Like, that's another genre that I will never say no to, you know? Which, by the way, if you guys love The Traitors, I'm telling you, and I know you're all busy and I know you all have shit going on, watch Claim to Fame. It's on Hulu and it's, like, so it's just like the traders. It's so fun. Watch it. I have a recommendation for you when you get home. Uh, it just came out on Netflix on Friday. It's called An American Nightmare. It's a three-part series oh, yeah, on Netflix. And it good. is the the craziest story, you guys, about a kidnapping. It's about. Oh, it's so it's basically the this uh this dude and his girlfriend kidnappers break in at three in the morning and they kidnap his girlfriend. And it starts off where you're like, oh. This guy definitely did it. I mean, it's like the craziest story because they installed a camera and said, you can't move from this place. They made him wear blackout goggles. They put her in a trunk of his car, drove off in the car. But then she was returned two days later or two or three days later. And it's like a whole mystery. It's three part. I don't want to give it away, but it is the first episode is going to grab you and you're going to. You're going to go through a lot of suspicions on who you think did it. And it's really it's it's really, really I, I want more. I want more. 
I'm so excited. Oh my God. I'm going to download that for the plane. And know what I got to watch? Um, I, I watched a couple of, this is not out yet. I don't know. Vanderpump Villa on Hulu. It's not out yet. It's Lisa Vanderpump's new show about oh, yeah. the workers over at a French villa. And I have to tell you, it's pretty, I mean, it's Wait, does it actually weirdly take, good. Does it take place in France? It does. Why did I think it took place in at Vegas? At because the, she, ha, well, she has like all the Vegas restaurants and then she has like a Tahoe one now. But this is like at a uh, a villa in and it is. Oh, I'm excited. I, I'll talk about it more when I'm allowed to talk about it. But it was like, oh shit, like it, there's there's like a Jax character in it that like I, I can't wait. I mean, it was. Oh, imagine the French version of Jax. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Oh, and you had like a, a Ken appearance. Like they had Ken out there drinking his wine and I was like, you know, okay, you guys. Sophie, what are you doing tonight with your mom? What are you guys doing now? Um, Watching football, hanging out, drinking beers. We're at the embassy. But Sophie's had a big bottle of suds this whole time, just drinking away at it. Because I don't want to get up and get a second one, so I'm just, like, savoring it. Smart. But I, I messed up, and I booked um, a hotel for, like, the entirely wrong city when I was booking. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but I messed up, and my mom got here before me and was like, hey, the hotel doesn't have any record of our reservation. But you know what? Thank you, Embassy Suites. This is, by the way, this is why we need a docu-series of Sophie's wedding and the, the leading up to it, because this would be a great storyline where you are like screwing up this badly right at the beginning. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Sophie, and by the way, Sophie was on uh, X Knows All podcast a couple weeks ago, but always go to her Twitter, follow her there and her Instagram. She'll post whenever she's on a show or something like that, but always go support Sophie. Um, I know she's really busy, but hopefully she's writing all this in a journal so she can have a wedding book one day that she can sell. I think that would be a great <laughs> book for Sophie. And uh, let's hope the Chiefs win for Taylor. Wait, is the no, game over? Is the game I over? Want, I don't want the Chiefs to win for, I'm sorry, I don't. Don't I'm sick of the like Chiefs, this. and I'm sick of. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. Don't be like okay. this. I can't. Don't. They're gonna give me bad reviews again. This is bad. I'm, this is bad. Oh my god, Swifties! I didn't no. mean it. Wait, who's? Wait, what's the score right now? Is it done? It's um, it's. I think it's still twenty-seven to twenty-four. Um, Chiefs. So Chiefs are in the lead right now, but there's still ten minutes left in the fourth. Dude, quarter. if they lose, though, just think what that conversation is going to be like. Taylor's never had experience with losing really in this kind oh, of way God. but she's but it it has nothing to do with her though you know does it like, does it, blame her. it swifties you hear that like let's not blame taylor i'm cool <laughs> <laughs> uh well this was awesome i needed this so hopefully you guys love this as much as i did and we will talk to sophie very very soon hello to amy ross out there i'll tell her hi okay so bad it's good is a betches media production the show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. 